This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 419, Faye Abadi on Extraordinary Breakthroughs. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. You have got to listen to this conversation to the point that I'm actually going to keep this intro surprisingly brief because I'll just put it this way. Here was the conversation that I was expecting to have with Faye on this recording. And instead, oh, wow, when you hear this dialogue in terms of someone who truly embodies change, truly embodies stepping into her own identity and personality and the title of this episode of Extraordinary Breakthroughs. Wow. I'll just put it that way. And uh, let's dive into it. This is session number 419 of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, which for any of the references and links that we talk about inside of this, you can head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 419. That'll redirect you over to the show notes. You can see exactly how to connect with Faye and find out more of the various things we've talked about in this episode. And while you're there, I first got to know her hanging out live and online inside of our Work Smart Hypnosis live and online. And she's someone who's then gone on to do some extraordinary things, truly of her own, creating her own style, and seeing the opportunity that when things look like they may be turning in a negative way, it's every opportunity to then move things and direct your own life. Uh, so you can find out more of that event, which we talk about here during this episode over at Work Smart Hypnosis Live. Com. And with that, oh, I got to jump right into this one. Here we go. This is session number 419, Faye Abadi on Extraordinary Breakthroughs. Well, um, there is one specific moment that I do remember, which I will talk about in a couple of seconds, but I genuinely think it's always been in me. And I don't say that to sound special or anything. I'm the last person to think she's something special. I, I do think it's always been some kind of calling for me because everyone told me you're so good at helping people, uh, you know, uplifting them, making them feel confident and all those things. But one particular moment I remember, and I think I've told you that as well, is when, and this is going to be a sad story, <laughs> I'm sorry, that is when basically I was stuck or I felt stuck in a marriage where I was groomed from the age of 16, really, by someone significantly older than me. I won't go into the very details of that, but just to give you some context. context. And um, yeah, I ended up having three children. And eventually I realized that I couldn't live a life where I wasn't allowed to wear what I want, um, where I wasn't allowed to listen to music, where I wasn't allowed to uh, voice opinions and have questions. I am a very much a free spirit. So I decided to take the risk and leave, which I did. And I remember sitting in my new apartment. Ta I'd taken my children to school. They were very young. They were two, three, and four years old back then. And I wasn't driving, so I had to take the bus, and they all had different different nurseries and schools. I don't know what they call it in America. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> you get the gist. Um, 
so it, 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 it would take me like two hours just to do the school runs because I had to go to different places and I was just so exhausted and I came home and I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't have any furniture in my apartment. I didn't have any money because I was paying rent for the apartment we were living in. And I was still paying rent for the house that my then husband was living in. I quit my sales job, which I was really good at. I was just recently promoted, but I just couldn't do it anymore. I had too much on my mind. I felt like the my values, my goals in life did not align with the job that I had at the time. And there was just something that shifted in me around that time. I couldn't do that job anymore. So I quit my job as well which left me with no income and three little children whose lives have completely turned upside down because of my decision to leave. Even though it was the right decision, I still felt that mom guilt. And I just, I broke down. I fell onto the floor. I had no power left in my body. Like while I'm saying this, like tears are coming up, just remembering what happened. And I, I had no power left in me anymore. And I literally thought that I was going insane. And I picked up the phone and I called my doctor and I said, you need to take me in right now because I'm going to lose my mind. And they walked me through a few questions. It was very formal, no emotions, which probably was good to just leave the emotions out of it. And they said, unfortunately, you don't qualify to go to, what is it called, a mental mental institute or a mental hospital. They said, you're not qualified. What do you need to do? You need to go through the appropriate steps, have an appointment with your, with your doctor, um, go into therapy, you know, get antidepressants, and then, you know, we'll see what we can do. But at that moment, I really felt like I was going crazy and no one understood what I was going through. I just hung up and I was sitting on the floor with my head in my hands, crying and crying. And then it just hit me. And I started speaking to myself and I said, what am I doing? I've been crying every day for nearly 27 years. So that was like before my marriage and during my marriage. What am I doing? I did not leave my husband and take my children out of their home to keep living the way I live almost my entire life. And it was that moment where I couldn't find anyone to help me. I couldn't find anyone to pick me up and listen to me and tend to my emotions. It was that moment that I actually had that awakening that something had to change. And if it's not outside of me, you know, if I can't find a solution outside of myself, then it has to be inside of me. And you, you can say like, like that maybe something spoke to me. I don't think so. I think it's just the inner knowing. And that's when I realized that I wanted to go into the mental health business, um, that I wanted to help women like me. Um, and it started out with a massage and meditation business. I had no qualifications whatsoever, but I just knew that I was going to do it. 
and that I was going to become the version of myself that I knew was buried deep down, you know, those, those layers. And I wanted to give my children a better life. I did not want them to have a depressed mother and a mother who was always broke. So yeah, long story. I always say I'll keep it short and I never do. <laughs> no. And, and thank you for sharing that. That is absolutely incredible. And I, you know, on one side of things, of course, congratulations for clearly moving things in this very different direction. And the part that I'm going to have to hold back on, or, hey, let's just make this the whole conversation, is how it, it mirrors. And I'm sure you might be able to answer through the filters of some of the stories of some of your clients, that we do find that singular moment where things cannot go back to the old way, where here's this new piece of information, and it's not the stereotype of let's say from you know another relationship perspective to go i don't know what happened they just walked out it's like well it's been building over time but it hit that that threshold moment and i've had clients over the years i've had clients who were medical doctors over the years tell a very similar story around how here's what i saw was coming up here's what i saw was coming up and suddenly this moment of clarity to go oh wait I get to be the one to direct the next step of this. And it would go to a much more, let's use the word, dangerous place if it wasn't then acted upon. And sometimes it is that denial of services that becomes the best of gifts to go, nope, not right now. And we're not you know, diving into all of the specific details as to why it was declined. Uh, yet, how, how does that resonate in terms of looking at it as here's that singular moment of a turning point and making that decision not only to then leave as you did, yet also to turn your own life around in that moment. For, for myself or for my clients? Sorry. I will let you take it wherever you want to. <laughs> okay. Repeat that question just one more time. Here's the bigger question. I think how it fits into the context of the conversation here, which is we either can facilitate that moment to happen or hope for that moment to happen what is it that you see kind of occurs right at that moment before that internal shift actually happens? Right before that shift? Yeah. Ah, oh, very good question. I think right before that shift, and this happens a lot, obviously not to the, to the extent of that first, you know, breakthrough or breakdown, but they always say before you have a breakthrough, you always have a breakdown. And I realized that that is really true. However, you don't have to let it get that far. But sometimes those things just happen. So I think before I feel some kind of shift happening in my life, I just feel that my life, my actions and behaviors aren't, they just feel a bit off. The things that I'm doing, they don't bring me that satisfaction anymore or I start to feel like I just don't want to do anything for a while. I just want to go inward and spend time alone. And sometimes I don't understand why, but I do spend when I can, like a couple of days just in meditation, going for walks. And I don't always know why I want to go inward, but then all of a sudden I get this 
breakthrough moment or this burst of inspiration. Um, so now, because I've become so much more aware of what I do and when I'm thinking, I'm aware of my thoughts, you know, much more often, whereas previously I would just let my thoughts take me, <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Whereas now I'm much more aware of them. So I can kind of anticipate what's happening. So when I'm going through a really, really difficult time, I just smile most of the time. Is that kind of answering your question? Because if it is, I have a really funny story or a nice story to share with you. Oh, I want to hear it. It absolutely is. Could I just point out, by the way, uh, I always love to poke fun of this in a recording with love, which would be that right before we began, uh, Faye did the thing that most everyone does of going, I hope I don't mess this up. I've, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about. And it's where I usually say, it's like, there's a reason why, well, I invited you. Uh, we'd actually talked about it a few times before, but some jackass never sent you the link. I'll have words with him in a minute. It's me. Uh, <laughs> yet here we are. And here's the direction that I expected the conversation to go. And let me just point out, this is a very different direction. And I'm so, so happy we're going this direction. So again, thank you for sharing. I'd love to hear the oh, story. Amazing. Well, I hate to bring this topic up, which is um, it, when, when we were in lockdown, we had to close our businesses um, in the UK. I think it was the same in the US for a while. And in the beginning, I wasn't worried. Um, I thought, you know what, this is going to blow over. It's fine. I'll pick it back up again. It's fine. So I kind of took saw it as a holiday, as a vacation. But then eventually, you know, it, it kind of kept going on and on for a few months. And because I'm self-employed and I was working from home, I had a little room in my home. That's how I started up. So I started the massage and meditation business from my little apartment at home. And it was getting really, really successful. Um, but yeah, after a few months, I realized, okay, you know, I need to, I need to bring some money in. But because I am self-employed and my office is inside my home, I wasn't eligible for the grants that the government was giving to business owners. So after a while, I did some digging. I said, well, maybe I can get some assistance. And I found out that there was another grant for the people who weren't eligible for the grant. <laughs> but this information wasn't widely available. You had to really dig for it. So I called the council. They are the ones who give the grants out. And he said, uh, so it was it was 10K, 10,000 pounds um, that you could get uh, a lump sum, which would have significantly helped me back then. I called them up. I said, hey, I see that you guys are doing grants for people like me. Where can I apply? He said, I am so, so sorry, Faye, but you are one day too late. And he was like, I could hear the pain in his voice. It was um, such a kind man. And I could tell that I wasn't the first one who he had to break this news to. He said, yeah. you know, you're over, you're too late and there's nothing I can do. Maybe you want to write to the local MP and see, you know, if he can still do something for you. And this is when I knew that I made the right decision that day when I had that breakdown in my empty apartment without furniture. And I was so glad that the doctor did not send me into some kind of mental institute because when he told me... Just to edit the words, inpatient treatment, let's go with that. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, have a very good, I have a very good friend and I'm, she's in the back of my head now with her story and uh, without 
spilling her whole story, she goes, that it's lining up only in the way that she goes, I kept using this term and they said, could we just swoop in? And this is the doctor quoting me, quoting her, quoting the doctor. Could we just edit that phrase of mental institution? Because that brings to mind the images of uh, Jack Nicholson in the movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest versus, hey, inpatient treatment. And <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just I'm making sure people have the right images. In but it sounds wrong when I do say men- mental institute. It sounds so wrong, and I'm just trying to find the right word. And at the same time, I have all these other things I want to tell you. Oh yeah. So yeah. I am so glad that you know that didn't go through. But I knew I made the right decision when that man told me you're not eligible for the 10k grant. Um, because you're one day too late. And he was expecting me to either shout, cry, or beg. And I just laughed. Like, I laughed. Not a crazy laugh. I felt relief, believe it or not. I said, do you know what? This is the best news someone could have ever given me. And he went like, what? No, you're not getting it, Faye. (laughs) You're not getting it. And I said, I know. And that's such a good thing. Because if you would have given me that money, I would have just done nothing for a few months. But actually, you know what? You're pushing me to find a solution to my problem. And you're also pushing me to expand my business and to think outside the box because no, I can't do any massage treatments because I can't see any clients at home or in my therapy room, but I could do something else. And basically his rejection allowed me to step outside my comfort zone And I I was just happy and I couldn't explain why, but I knew that there was a reason why he told me no. And then, like, again, you can say that's from like a higher power or it's just like an inner knowing that you have, that's just, you're allowing it to come out, whatever you want to call it. But that's when I decided I want to study hypnosis. And I opened my computer and guess whose face is on Facebook? It's you. (laughs) It was Scott Sandlin who one time said, have you seen Jason Lynette's new website? It's Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got to say thank you uh, that I get to be part of this story. Because again, this journey of here's where, and we can generalize this out, people who find themselves in a situation where, you know, by no necessary, let's put it this way, fault of their own, they find themselves in a situation that people should not have to be in. And I mean, this is happening. This is going to be uh, dated by the time this episode releases, but it's that, you know, we're going through a licensing program not to adopt, but to become foster parents. And it was this weird moment yesterday of why have we not received any confirmations for this one makeup class? Okay, well, we're calling. Let's drive there. And luckily we were there. And that's the day we find out, oh, the... um, you and I agree on so many things. I'm going to hold myself back in the details of the story. <laughs> um, the person who thinks it's so important to take down Disney is the one who cut the funding. Let's just put it that way and move on. Uh, but it's the budget's dramatically cut. And it was this clarity moment of going, hey, we're doing this big visible event online, the Do Hypnosis Anywhere Challenge thing. It's like, okay, effective as soon as um, I can update a graphic. 
uh, this percentage of proceeds is going to that cause. Let's help them out. We have the means to do that. And it's that kind of snap decision and not to ever play the game here, just to excuse myself, not to go, oh yeah, you went through that. Well, here's what I did. No, not at all. Yet it's that similar journey that we find ourselves in a situation. And sometimes again, I, I, I'm always in my head when I use this phrasing. It's like at a hypnosis conference when, oh, can we do a demo for this? Okay, great. Who has an issue they want to work on? Oh, I have night terrors. Oh, good. Here, come on up. It's like, wait, you just said, oh, good to the fact this person has night terrors, you asshole. No, it's <laughs> the fact that here's this turning point and what can occur as a result of that. So I'd love to hear it from your perspective that let's rewind back a little bit further though, that you were looking at hypnosis, then a purple dude appeared online. I am six inches taller on the internet. It's been proven. Yet, what was the thought process to even explore hypnosis? That's a good question. And it surprises me that I don't have an answer immediately ready yeah. for you. Oh, I don't either. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I think I know what it was. This was, um, when I was when I was still married, I was already struggling pretty badly with complex PTSD and I'd never been able to relax my mind or my body but for some reason I managed to do a lot of things so probably very highly functioning <laughs> but one day I stumbled upon this was many years ago when my son was still in his diapers I sound old now <laughs> but yeah so I stumbled upon I think you and I are pretty close in age so it's okay I think I might be older yeah, so I found a meditation website, and I don't remember how I got there, but I wasn't into any of that. I knew nothing about meditation or relaxation for that matter. I was very new to all these things. Um, I was also extremely religious. I'm not sure why I brought that up, but a lot of religious people, well, at least, you know, in... Um, in my community, they, they steer away from hypnosis and meditation because they, they worry about how, you know, how that interferes with, with the religion. It doesn't, by the way, but yeah. But yeah, anyway, I found uh, a meditation website and I found a very nice mountain cabin relaxation meditation. So I switched it on. I put my headphones on and something happened in my body. I started to relax. And Jason for someone that's never been able to relax a muscle in their body, it felt really scary. I'd never experienced physical relaxation in my life up until that moment. And it felt amazing. But at the same time, I was really, really scared. So I took the headphones off and I said to my husband, I said, wow, this is crazy. I didn't know something like that existed, but I'm going to go to the bedroom and I'm going to close the door. Please don't come near me. Like he was, you know, he was, I wasn't scared of him, but I just didn't want anyone near me while my eyes were closed. That was part of my trauma. Yeah. So I said, please don't come into the room because you're going to scare me. And I had to practice and I slowly eased into meditation. And then I started doing it every day, even though I was scared at the same time, I knew it was good for me and I knew I had to practice doing it. So I would constantly keep opening my eyes to make sure no one is coming at me with a knife or something. Like literally I had visions like that. And now I'm addicted to meditation. 
I love it. So yeah, what what brought me into hypnosis? So yeah, from meditation, I am a very obsessive personality. So when I like something, that's all I can think about. That's all I can do. So I loved meditation and I became so obsessed with it. Anyone in my vicinity would have to hear about this website. And I started doing all the research and I had to meditate once a day, then twice a day. I became really addicted. (laughs) So, and then, yeah, hypnosis. You're also doing my favorite thing right now, which is reclaiming a word that many people would go, oh, that's a bad word. And many in this audience, yeah, I know your listening hypnotist would go, oh, that's a negative suggestion. She shouldn't say that. Uh, I had a client one time who goes, you know what, for this to work out, I need to become appropriately obsessed and at times responsibly addicted. I'm like, and he suddenly goes, what are you writing down? I go, I'm stealing that. It's mine now. (laughs) (laughs) That reclaim it. it. Well, let me ask you, was it, was it the fact that again, meditation is a category, the same as someone going, I'm going to go exercise, and that's a category. Was it the fact that this was something that was more guided as opposed to, let's say, an expectation of nothingness, an expectation of clear the mind, and now I'm thinking about how I can't clear the mind? No, this was very much a a guided meditation. She walked me through each, and I still have her meditation. I don't remember her name, but she walks you through each and every step And I needed that because I didn't know what to do, you know, relax all the muscles in your forehead, the back of your head, all the way to the Mm -hmm. tips of your toes. And she has the most amazing voice. And I think um, I'm very biased because she's the first woman that helped me relax. So I have this kind of, you know, her voice is just the best voice in the world. And it may not be, but it means something to me. And I hope I will never lose that recorded meditation. But yeah, so it started out with guided meditation. And then as I became obsessed and addicted. <laughs> appropriately, appropriately. Yeah, appropriately. I'll go with that. I can now <laughs> actually, believe it or not, Jason, I can go into a state of hypnosis or in a trance whilst my children are playing in the house. And I have three children under 10. They are noisy. They are home educated. But if I choose to, I can get into that state and I can relax my body. The only problem is I choose not to. Because <laughs> I'd like to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's that line between, you know, something being hypnosis versus I would say something being hypnotic. It's that line between doing something that's meditation and everything you just said is my weightlifting routine early in the morning that, you know, there's loud music. I've got, forgive the term, chick pop playing in my uh, headphones, Lady Gaga, Britney Spears. I mean, that's my jam. And (laughs) then it's heavy lifting. And it's not like there's not really a physical relaxed component of it, except for the long rest periods, the way that I, I do it. Notice that I'm saying it out loud in the present tense because I've been slower to get back into it after the surgeries last year. Uh, yeah, it's this element of that's that time that I find something meditative from. And it's not, again, the state, it's kind of where I tend to say, and I can't prove the statement, but it sure does sound true and it proves itself to be true very often. And then again, it may be conversational suggestion now that I've said it out loud, which would be do you like this. What was that eight disclaimers before I've even said the thing? It's <laughs> that moment of the client who says, well, I've tried meditation, but it didn't work for me. And it's the, you know, I kind of find the people who struggle with meditation tend to do exceptionally well with the work that we do. 
Yes, I've had quite a few clients actually who just like me weren't able to relax and they tried meditation and it they said it didn't work on me. And the first time I had a client like that, and again, I do hypnosis, not meditation. I, know I keep mentioning meditation, but a lot of people, when you talk to, to them about hypnosis, they, they always mention meditation. So she says, oh, I'm not sure if this will work for me because I can't meditate. I can't seem to relax. Yet she still signed up with me because she felt that I could help her. So there was something telling her that this probably would work for her. Well, I reassured her that she doesn't need to be relaxed. Uh, it's not like meditation, but it can be if you want it to be. However, if you want to learn how to meditate and how to relax, we can work on that. But for now, rest assured, there is nothing that you need to do nothing that you need to make happen. You don't even need to close your eyes. And <laughs> she wasn't really sure whether I knew what I was talking about. And she, after her first session, she's a lovely woman, but she walked away with such an annoyed expression on her face. Like I could <laughs> read her face and it said, you suck. <laughs> this doesn't work. However, <laughs> however, she texted me the next morning because she came to me because she was addicted to uh, drinking alcohol, specifically wine. It was wine. She had developed this habit of drinking one or two bottles a night. And she messaged me. She said, Faye, I only had one glass. Um, or was it two glasses? I don't remember. But that was significantly less than what she usually would have had. And there were a few other things she did differently as well that night. I don't remember what it was. And she was really surprised in the morning. And she did yoga, which is something that she really wanted to do. And she knew that that would help her relax as well. So just in one session, she hadn't closed her eyes. She was really feeling physically uncomfortable with everything. Yet I told her, don't worry, it's working. And she did not believe me as she walked out the door, but she believed me in the morning. And yeah, and then by the third session, she was able to completely relax her body, to close her eyes and to also, and now she also enjoys meditation. So um, I went completely off track, Jason. No, I, I love that. And it's, it's where, I mean, if I can just kind of try to pull a strategy out of it, it's that you met her closer to her terms. It was not for this technique to be effective, I have to do it this exact way. It was instead, you know, you created a pathway that was more comfortable for her. And by doing so, it then created the opportunity to then, well, let's put it in hypnotic language terms to then compound that, that because the first ex first experience wasn't freaking weird. And... <laughs> was honest with her and met her on her her pathway rather than going, this is the way it has to be. Decide if you want to work with me or not. Ah, no, uh, we don't do that around here. It's instead, as much as I say the, we don't do that absolute. I know that saying that out loud is an absolute. Yet it's what created the necessary foot in the door of rapport to then piggyback to the next session and then let's say make use of a more formal approach, right? Absolutely. And I've been in sales since I was 15 and I am not a fan of old fashioned sales where you have to try and convince people to uh, buy into your product or service. 
I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> I'd rather have people sell my service to themselves. I want them to sell it to themselves. Oh, that sounds familiar. That's something that you taught me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? It works. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So then, um, oh, all the usual questions I ask on this. We are 32 minutes in and we haven't gone there. Phenomenal. That's what this should be. And along that journey then, so like, was it, what, what did the hypnosis, aside from the fact that, okay, I can do this remotely, I can do this without the, you know, jumping through the necessary hoops of how, you know, I know in the UK there was a lockdown, then it was released, then it was activated again, where I was, you know, <laughs> where I was in Virginia, it was how the numbers kept changing of you can do this, you can't do that. Uh, but for the most part, you were beginning to see your clients then online at that point, right? Not immediately. It wasn't until, um, and I'm going to bring you into this story again, it wasn't until you did a few posts or videos about doing hypnosis online. I knew it was possible, but I just couldn't see it working for me yet. And I don't remember exactly what program of yours it was. I think it did fit into the Work Smart program, but I don't know exactly what it was, but it was something of yours. And it kind of uh, motivated me into just taking the leap. And In March of 2021, oh, we were so young, you attended a webinar, which by the time this rolls out, um, as the podcast episode, we're actually, we took this webinar down and we just, because I'm refilming it, uh, but you came in originally with this webinar I did about uh, six steps to a six-figure hypnosis business and then, um, oh, even better, you inappropriately signed up as if you wanted to apply for a consult with me because you just wanted to see the process. And then you signed on to uh, take a class, same day. Yeah, I love so, being inappropriate. I can see all the data here. It's okay. I know. Creepy. <laughs> um, <laughs> where were we? Yes. So I started out with having people coming to me, but it wasn't really what I wanted. So I did have to build my confidence there first. Um, but now I am fully online and it's, you know, it, it just works so much better. And it's interesting when you make a decision first, before you even have all the evidence to support that it's going to work. You just make the decision first. Listen, I want to go online. I don't want people coming to my home. I just don't like it. This is my space. And also I can help more people if I'm online. You know, I can help people worldwide. I've got a lot of people from all over the place who do want to get in touch with me. They can't come here. So I'm actually doing them a disservice by not going online. And I can work at any time of the day. So, it, you know, it just... It works so much better, and I realize that my clients enjoy it much more as well because they can just stay in their pajamas if they like, in their bed or on their sofa with their headphones on, and it just works. And I think that's one of the things that really came out of uh, lockdown. I didn't mean to mention that a few times in this uh, in this podcast, but one of the things is that you know a lot of more people are more comfortable working online and doing Zoom calls. So that helped significantly as well. Yeah, I would say it's, you know, we find these moments where the global conversation has to change, mm. you know, and I looked at, and this is not a positive statement or a negative statement. It's, I mean, I'd consider these guys friends. It's where, what was it? Mike Mandel and Chris Thompson produced a Anthony and Freddie Jackwin training event. And suddenly it was priced so, so, aggressively good that it just had ridiculous sales. 
And I had people going, are you worried about this? This is like dominating the market right now. I'm like, did you notice that I was sending out emails for these guys too? Because they're all friends. And the real intention, just to call my shot on this one, was to point out that this is one of those moments where people suddenly perk up and go, oh, this is viable. And it's how, I mean, the clients who I had when I was back in Virginia, and I used to be the guy who said, <laughs> you'll know exactly, you'll hear this in my voice immediately. Yeah, I don't do the online stuff with my clients. This is me talking in like 2013, 2014, because I have no problem filling up the local office and I don't have any patience for doing tech support for people who can't make their webcam work. And the side benefit of everything having to you know, figure things out online was that you know it's my strategy nowadays. And people go, how do I get the clients comfortable with doing it online? I'm like, you're going to hate me for how easy the first answer is. What? Do the consult online. Yes. And if you connect and suddenly, like, don't even put it as an option for a phone call if you're doing the whole velvet rope thing that I talk about. It's the fact that they meet you online and anything explained in advance now becomes the education. And when I see that, you know, we connected and I can see you, you can see me, we can hear each other. It means I don't have to go into the details of, you need to have this, you need to have this, you need to have that. I have to be a little bit more particular for a podcast recording. Yet for the session, you know, we've done it more frequently. And for every reason against it, it's also the reason that, well, in a local office, uh, we're trying to get rid of the office I still technically own in Virginia. And the counselors who took over that space on a lease and are paying a monthly rent, we realize that they're not going to renew when things wrap up at the end of March next year. And they've expanded so much that they have like 24 therapists. They're in three different locations in the same office park. And the one that was mine is the one that says, please note, this location is not wheelchair accessible, which that space wasn't. But that's why they had the other locations. That's where I was compliant with the laws in the state, which is that we would always do one training event elsewhere. I did have options for people for doing sessions that didn't require traveling to me. So as long as there was a plan, yet it's one specific thing cannot be a match for every single person. And it's a whole segment of the audience that is being ignored. I think we've hyped online as being good enough here. <laughs> no, I have so another one to add. Yeah, great. <laughs> That's also one of yours, but I love it. It's you know when when you're feeling ill for a few days or you have a toothache or whatever and then you finally make the decision to go and see the doctor or the dentist. Like okay, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And then you go and it's like, "Oh, the pain is gone now." <laughs> and there's something about that, you know, when you walk into a hypnotist's room or if you have a psychologist or you feel better in that environment. When you go to the gym and you have a personal trainer, you feel more competent, you feel better in yourself already, you feel motivated. But then when you go home, is that still going to work? And obviously you and I know that with hypnosis, it still works when you go home because we use certain uh, words and a type of language that ensures that they take that kind of mentality back home with them. However, mm -hmm. uh, what I found really interesting was if the problem is happening at home or in your car or at work, why not solve the problem in the same place where it occurs? Watch it change 
in real time. That's the that's the number one reason I'm 100% online these days to the point that I have a client that we had this rush of people who some were clients, some were students. And it was, hey, I want to come see you. I'm like, I'm in Orlando now. But the website, the website says that all sessions are online and lists the physical address now as Orlando. Technically speaking, the business in Virginia is still active. It's a longer story around the property that's still down there. And that may change as we unload it. Yet it's he, he's messaging and going, hey, you said you're like right between Universal Studios and Disney, right? I go, yeah, we can see we're like right in the center of the triangle. We can see the fireworks from SeaWorld in our front yard. And he goes, oh, I'm staying at a Disney Springs hotel. What is that? Three miles down the road? I go, two miles. He goes, can we do one of the sessions in person? I go, does your hotel have good Wi-Fi? And he goes, oh, well, it's where I shocked you apparently, because as we connected to record, I'm here in my pajamas that I wore to drive my kids to a summer camp today. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't have to get out of the car, so why not? And the thing is, <laughs> you know, people are willing to work your way, I've realized. So yeah. um, you just have to make that decision and line up with it, and it will all fall into place. Obviously, you need to put some work in, but it does, it does fall into place. But yeah. So I'd be curious just to ask this question then, which would be, what was a perception or an understanding even around hypnosis that, let's say, you had prior to getting into it that now with the experience with the work you've been at it now for more than two years at this point what's what's been the biggest epiphany aha or I'm just trying not to laugh really hard now (laughs) (laughs) a year before I started studying hypnosis or hypnotherapy I had a just a a short backstory. I'll make sure that this one is short. Um, There was still back in my my old uh, apartment where I was living alone with my children and I had a massage therapy room, a very, very small box room where I had my clients. And um, here in the UK, obviously we have spiders, but they're not those massive spiders that look like tarantulas. They're just normal spiders. Some of them are a bit bigger. You know, we don't really have the big ones here. I am really happy in a good mood. My kids are with their dad. I have a new client who um, bought like a really expensive package. So I was like really happy over the moon. So yeah, getting everything ready. I walk into the room and I look to my left. Jason, (laughs) I had a spider phobia. So I know that when you have a phobia, things look bigger or worse than they are. I kid you not. This spider, I'm going to try not to swear it was massive I don't know what kind of spider was but it looked like a tarantula oh my god imagine already having a phobia and then seeing that Mm -hmm. thing on your wall and I usually only uh, take I used to only take female uh, massage clients but this particular uh, client he was a guy so I was really happy but then I wasn't sure if he was scared of spiders but I oh my god I just going back to that moment. Anyway, so uh, yeah, um, eventually he came and he um, he took the spider out and I'm really, really sorry for all my animal lovers, but I'm just going to blame him because I think he was, <laughs> he's a lovely guy, but he has a dark side to him because I said, take that spider away, do with it whatever you want. I just don't want it to come back in here because I know it thinks it's its home now and it's going to come back in here. He comes back. I said, what did you do? He said, I squashed it. I said, what? It was really big. 
How did you squash it? It was like a big mouse, that kind of size. He said, oh, it was delicious. I loved it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I, I didn't do it. Anyway, that's where he said, Faye, I think you need to try hypnotherapy. Granted, that spider was massive. That's not normal, but I do think you need hypnotherapy. So he told me about his mom who had hypnotherapy. I said it was going to be a short story, but it's not. <laughs> he told me about his mom. She had one session. She's not that scared of spiders anymore. So I looked into it and then I had a consultation with a hypnotist in the UK, online, by the way, he only did online sessions. And back then I was still quite religious. I was kind of moving away from that, but I was still, I felt that guilt. So I didn't really want to. And uh, I had a consultation with him and I said to him, his name was David, this hypnotist. And I said, listen, I do want to get rid of this phobia, but I am really worried that you when you look into the camera, you're looking kind of like into my eyes. Are you like speaking with spirits or something? Because that's really against my religion and I don't want that. Like, what do you do? Is it witchcraft? It's witchcraft, isn't it? And he bursted out in laughter and he explained to me that it's not witchcraft. You know, there's a whole science behind it. And he started explaining it to me. I ended up not doing it because I still had my religion holding me back back then. But my curiosity has always been stronger. So I was always very drawn to the things that I wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> and then I started learning more about hypnosis. So that, yeah, my preconceptions were hypnosis is witchcraft. It's dark magic black magic you're not supposed to be doing it and now that i've studied it i'm like there is not nothing woo woo about this not even one bit love it love it uh this is uh perhaps the fastest where we had to go let's have you on again sometime uh <laughs> <laughs> because again phenomenal that we got to have this kind of conversation to go into more of the personal story the background of this entire incredible journey and uh, let me just kind of ask two quick things here, which would be, is there a specific category of people that you tend to work the most with? Yeah, these days? absolutely. I work with people who um, already know that they want better in life. They, they don't need any convincing. They don't want to be stuck in victim mode. They've already made up their mind. They just don't know how to get there. And they just need someone to guide them through it. Um, so these are usually people who are leaders, who run their own businesses, um, just people who know what they want in life and need a bit of assistance with that. I love it. And how can people best get in contact with you? How can they find you? They can go to uh, www.releaseresistancenow.com where they can release all that emotional resistance and become the person they were meant to be. I love it. So awesome to hear more of this journey and get to more, get to know more of what's underneath it as well. And we will absolutely have to do this again sometime and go into deeper detail of, you know, the stuff that we actually, you know, do with the clients. Uh, <laughs> yet again, absolutely phenomenal. Loved every moment of it. I really enjoyed it. You made me feel at ease. So thank you. And uh, before we wrap it up, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? If you're thinking about doing something, if you feel that you have this, this, this thing that's nudging you into, you know, it, it, whether it's a new job or moving place or just, you know, getting fit or whatever it is that you want to do, study something new, 
don't wait for a sign. Don't wait for things to change in your life, your finances, the people, your environment. Make a decision and line up with it. That's the only way. Hey, it's Jason. Told you so, right? Wow. Yeah. So to find all the details for this week's episode, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 419. That's where you can find the references, the show notes, and everything for this episode to see exactly how to connect with Faye because she is a force to be reckoned with, creating some awesome things out there for her audiences, for her clients, and for clearly herself along the way too. And hey, I'd love to hang out with you. So check out Work Smart Hypnosis Live. That's our live online interactive training that I share the stage with Dr. Richard Nongard for. And classically, half the attendants are people who are brand new and it's their first thing they're doing in hypnosis. And the other half of people are people with significant training, yet now filling in the gaps, looking for methods to become more effective and more consistent. So we attract an audience from all different wide ranges of experience. Check out the details and watch the video tour right now over at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. Thanks for listening to the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. <laughs>